from their self-titled debut release. That is Icon with Raise the Hammer. That one going out uh, by request to our good friend in the chat room, Phil Ooze. So there you go. So Icon. 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 When's the last time I played some Icon? Yeah. Oh, it's been quite a while. I think the last time I may have played some was when our good friend... uh, um, Sean Sheldon? Well, I was trying to think of it as Sean Nichols. Yeah. Uh, joined them at Rocklahoma. Yeah. I think that probably was. That was, what, 2009? Yeah. Well, it's, I think it was before that or after that, but I think it was somewhere around there. Right. Sean has been through a lot of bands, hasn't he? He's a talented guy. Yeah, he is. He's probably a pain in the ass, too. I, I have to imagine. Well... According to Chips Enough. Is that a yes? Uh, yeah. He's like, uh, you know, kid's very talented. I'm a big fan of what he does. I like his talent, but uh, he can be a little bit of a handful. <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. Mm-hmm. I like Sean, though. He's- I do, too. I mean, I've taken him out to dinner a couple of times. We've hung out at the Rainbow and... You know, obviously, when he came through town, you hung out with him. I hung out with him when he was on the Adler's Appetite Tour doing the Guns N' Roses uh, uh, Appetite for Destruction sure. thing and, you know, whatnot. But, the, you know, he's a nice guy, very nice guy. And obviously, he did the CMS theme song for us. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I just would like to see. I know he's been doing his uh, more growly vocal shit. Yeah, the Westfield Massacre yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, doing some really heavy stuff, and uh, he seems to be enjoying that. Yeah. Well, he's out there making a, making a career again at music, so he is a chameleon. He could do anything. That is for sure. Yeah, I know. He got sidelined there for a while, you know, due to a chick. Yeah, due to a chick, same as all of us. <laughs> <laughs> not me, pal. No, not you. You're all right about that. Nope. The rest the rest of us that live in stupid world we yep. all get sidelined by a chick at some point nope not doing it nope yep, I, yep. I you i've said this on the show before and i know i've gone into detail and i won't re-elaborate re- this but how much in the last 24 years this show has come between me and a chick oh yeah mm-hmm. well dude me just in the last what six and a half or whatever since i got divorced how many chicks have I gone through that fucking started off with, oh, it's cool, it's cool, oh, it's fucking terrible. How can you say such things? Yeah. The, the, this show, and I've made it very clear on many occasions that it's either you or the show. Yeah, the show stays. You got to go. Beat it, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> the show was here long before you were in the scene, so if you if you got a problem with that and you're going to cause me an issue, mm-hmm. you you've got to go. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. I'm with I'm with you. I know there's a there's a clip in one of the bumpers that you play all the time and it's one of the one of the smartest things I think I've ever uttered on the air. And it's the the quote of I am never again going to let a chick get in the way of me saying what I think. Yeah, exactly. I will never do that again. I just won't. I'd I'm rather just not never doing the, I'm just chick. not doing the show and half half doing the show because of some chick. Yeah, it's amazing we got as far as we did at that time when I was do- when I was doing the show and then having to get a three-hour riot act following the I, show. I know. Isn't that ridiculous how long that shit lasts? 
that the, 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 the berating and the arguing. And I, you know, I was watching a couple of movies this week mm-hmm. and just the, just the back and forth. I I've got like a tolerance for five minutes of that and then I'm mm-hmm. done. Yeah. I'm with you. I do now. I mean, I put up with it forever, but now I won't put up with it for a fucking second. Yeah. I, I, I used to put up with it for years ago. This was back when I was in my twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, I would put up with it for a couple of hours. Oh, yeah. Same but, here. but now five minutes at the most, if, if you can't get it out of your system in five minutes and you're still giving me a hard time, yeah, that's it. it. You're gone. Yeah. Just beat it. Done. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you just just ramble on and on and on because it's not going to change a goddamn thing. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't have any value to, you know, that's the whole thing is these chicks, for whatever reason, they they believe that there's some value that's worth all that or or they more more likely they just don't pay it. They don't think that one affects the other. But man, it does. You know, I'll be honest, and and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I know this is how it works for me. For me personally, the good almost doesn't matter. The, every good thing that happens in a relationship does not really matter. The only thing that matters to me now is how much bad shit they bring at me. <laughs> and, if it, and if it's any more than the slightest, slightest bit, it's like you got to fucking go. Yeah. You know? It's great that we, I mean, we could have, honestly, and this is no bullshit. I could have fun with a chick for four straight months. Every single day be great. But if I come and have a full day of awful, she's gone. From one full day, I would be like, you got to go. Because I, I, I'm not willing to give you one full day. I'm willing, like you said, five minutes. That's it. And at the end of five minutes, swallow your tongue. Fucking go do something else. Walk away from me because... If, if you're going to keep bringing that shit, you can fucking beat it. Just fucking beat it. Don't want to hear it. You're not, you, you don't bring enough value to warrant more than five minutes. Right. It's insane, man. Well, just, just the little things sometimes just get just irritating. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I buy, uh, I, I think it's called ice mountain water. It's a spring water. Okay. Yeah. I buy it by the case, which is like 24 or 28 bottles. Okay. And I always keep my refrigerator full because I drink a shit ton of water. I probably drink four to five bottles a day easily. Mm-hmm. So I keep cold water in the refrigerator because I like cold water. So, so, uh, a, a certain someone who, who would, you know, visit the house. Mm hmm. And it's just like, hey, you want a bottle of water? Yeah, sure. So I get me a bottle of water, get her a bottle of water. This is cold. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would prefer room temperature water. Would you? Well, get up and hit the faucet then, bitch. Yeah. So so I ended up keeping a couple of bottles in the cabinet, not in the <laughs> refrigerator, just so it would be room temperature. You know? <laughs> For no real reason at all. Yeah. Because she needed it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you try to do nice things like that, you know, considerate things. Of course. But it goes without notice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, oh, well, yeah, well, whatever. 
you know, there were there were there were just other things. It was just always so, something just was never right, and it was a problem. Right. Well, that's always the way, isn't it? it it's Everything like you, you can't adapt for a second. Oh, that's not her job. She's got the pussy. Therefore, everything has to be her way. Exactly. You have to give up everything Pretty for that much. pussy because it's so valuable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah, so you're exactly right. It's, it's literally beat it. Just go away. Yeah. <laughs> Are you having a drink? Yeah, I am. I'm having a drink. How many cocktails did you have? What difference does it make? I'm in my own house. Yeah. How many am I allowed to have? Yeah. <laughs> well, it just seems like when, when you're talking to me, you're having a cocktail. So? Does it? Yeah. So? Yeah. So what? How old am I, too? Yeah. Cocktail. Yeah. That, that, was a, that was the question. It's like, yeah, so what? Well, <laughs> do you find that necessary? What difference does yeah. it make? It's I'm in my own house. I'm not going anywhere. What? Who cares? How about this? Yes, I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. Do you find it necessary to ask me stupid questions? Yeah. I'm with you, dude. Can't take it. Yeah. I, I was with the, uh, I, I used to have a relationship. This was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But I always called it the 30 questions. Mm -hmm. It's like, it starts off with a single question. And you right. just you just sort of answer the question, but then it leads into another, and then another, then another, and then it's just like, oh, are we playing thirty questions now? Right. You know, it's always thirty questions, and then that's met with a door slam yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I, I just don't get the questions all the time. It's just like, you know what? Sometimes it's better if you don't ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about just don't be annoying. You know, if you did the same behavior back, they would hate you. Yeah. They would absolutely hate you. But yet they think it's okay that they're going to fucking browbeat you about everything. Yeah. You know, how come you're doing this? How come you're doing that? Why are you watching football when you could be out cutting the grass? Yeah. Gee, I don't know. Because Maybe I'm an because I'm an adult and this is the choice I made and I don't have to answer to anybody. Gee, I don't know. Something I like to do. Something I hate doing. <laughs> Can't imagine which one I would choose. Uh, yeah, that was always when when I was married. That was always one of those things. How come you spend all that time watching football? You could be helping me with the dishes. Yeah. That's a choice I'll make. That's always going to be a choice I'll make. Fucking buy paper plates. Yeah. I don't and, and, and But if you offer that, that's like the ultimate. You don't fucking mean that. You don't mean. Yes, I do. I don't give two shits about fucking a clean piece of fucking plastic thrown on a table with a silver fork. Yeah. Who cares? Buy buy a a case of 10,000 plates and 10,000 pieces of plasticware and i would be good you know but you can't ever you can't ever fucking offer that up you you offer a solution it's like see you're just being lazy you're just being an ass you don't want to spend time you know what that was always the thing you don't want to spend time with me well yeah if, if spending time means standing over a dishwasher 
wiping crud off of plates and sticking it in there. Yeah, I don't want to spend time. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Well, here's the one that gets me. Uh, in my garage, uh-huh. I have a bunch of boxes. There was one time. There was a time when I was uh, thinking about packing up and moving out of here. Right. So I I had collected a bunch of boxes. You know, okay. just to pack. And mm-hmm. they're all stacked up in the corner, right? Right. And, well, when are you going to clean out this garage? It's like, what difference does that make to you? You don't live here. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I'm tired of seeing it when I come over. Well, close your fucking <laughs> eyes or go through the front door instead of the garage. It's just like, you don't park here. You don't live here. What difference does it make? Well, then, and he, but it and looks. He, she did, though. Even if she did, unless she can't get to her car, it's none of her fucking business. When are you going to go clean up those boxes, you dumb whore? Yeah. What, you saw them but didn't clean them up because you needed to browbeat me with it? (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Do it yourself. Yeah. You don't live here. You don't park in my garage. What difference does it make? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just, why would anybody, why would anybody volunteer for that? That just sounds so bad. (laughs) You know, I get it. It's great to have pussy that you can roll over and have. That's great, but it ain't that great. No matter how good it is, it ain't that great. (laughs) It sure isn't. It sure isn't great enough to put up with any bullshit. I agree. Dude, can you imagine, especially now, and, and you've been doing this a lot longer than I am, than I have been, but I cannot even fathom, and, and maybe maybe I've done it more than you because you've you've had some, you've had at least two serious, fairly serious relationships since I've been single, where I really haven't had anything serious, serious, you know, since. Can you imagine sharing the fucking remote? No. Just fucking coming in and you want to just unwind and watch whatever it is you want to watch, some documentary or something, and she's watching This Is Us or Friends or, you know, whatever it would be. Or your favorite, The Notebook. The Notebook. (laughs) Let's Let's have a night together. Let's watch The Notebook. Let's watch Steel Magnolias. Julia Roberts is so brave. Yeah, let, let's watch. What, what, what's the what's the hooker video that Julia Ro- Roberts is in? Pretty Woman. Yeah, Pretty Woman. Let's watch Pretty Woman. Yeah, let's do that. That's one of my favorite. And the only way I want to watch that is if it's the Pornhub version. <laughs> the only way I want to watch that. Sure don't want to watch. Oh, Richard Gere. Looks like Richard Gere, but he's out buying whores because he can't because he can't get them himself. Fuck out of here with that shit. Richard Gere would just go to the bar, get himself a whore without having to shell out a bunch of money. Stupid movie. Dumb premise. Hey, Alan Caller, you're on the air. What's going on, guys? What's up? Hey, I want to start off with, uh, I've just caught, I've caught like bits and pieces of, uh, of Neely's mention of his past girlfriend or relationship and, I just want to chime in on something because a few of the points he made really resonate home with me. <laughs> okay. <All> right? <laughs> and I ain't going to go all freaking uh, 
what's his name, Mason from Oklahoma last week. But <laughs> let me just say this. Matt Mason. Right. Yeah, I love that dude. Can't wait to hear from him again. Kudos. Anyways. Hey, she sounds like a narcissist. Have you ever heard of narcissistic personality disorder? Absolutely. She was she was yeah. an attractive girl, and yes, uh, she believed that people, uh, you know, she was the she should be the attention in the room. Oh, the last one. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes. Woo! You met her, so you know, so, Chris. And you know what? Here's yeah. the thing, Neely, because I can I can definitely I can identify with the kind of shit you pulled up pulled. I'm sorry, put up with. Yeah. When you when you deal with someone like that, number one. They, at least in my experience, they present to you like a sad story of how they were victimized or oh, yeah. mistreated in the past. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Big, big time. And then at the same time, like, you know, I'm, I'm a divorcee. I got divorced and I know, you know, God knows I was no perfect husband. So there's that element of guilt on my part. Like, I wasn't good before, so maybe I should put up with this shit now. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's just what I want to do. Um, bottom line, and, and this is a this is a Chris Aiken saying, and I, you know, high five to you, dude. You don't ever step outside of yourself to make somebody else happy, ever, ever. Nope. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. But but I did it for twenty four years or twenty three years. I did it, but that's why I don't because I was in such a fucking horrendous marriage from doing that that I I'll never do it again. I will never do it again. I'd rather never ever get laid again never have a girlfriend again never get kissed again never get a handhold again i'd rather give every bit of that up than ever sacrifice being myself again i'll never do it twice i won't no way and, and i'm with you but do you think it i guess i'm not convinced that every woman out there is that kind of narcissist maybe they are but i'm positive and, and you know, people can correct me on this, but I'm positive that there's probably someone out there somewhere that would be a perfect match for me or a close to a perfect match for me or for Neely or for you or for everybody. The problem that you come into once you've been smoked and you've been smoked hard, whether that's in a short-term relationship or a really long relationship or whatever. Or in a, is, ste or in a steel mill. Yeah, or in a steel mill. <laughs> Problem you run into. Oh, come into. on, man. That was dark. <laughs> All right. I'm, look, it's a joke about me. I can take it. Chris but, knows I'm kidding. Right. He knows that. I don't care. The, but keep the, talking, Crispy. The thing is, it, it, Did you say Crispy? I'm, yeah. The, I could tell a funny story about Crispy, too, but that's another story. Um, The thing with the chicks is that... I've gotten to a point now that I'll probably never find that person because I'm not willing to look. I'm not willing to do. There are certain compromises that you have to do in order to find out if somebody's a good match for you or not. And I'm not willing to do it. True. I'm just not. No way. Maybe maybe that'll change if I get 10 years older or whatever. If, if I get 10 years older and all of a sudden I start thinking, I'm going to die all by myself and I'm going to be lonely. You're going to die you know? alone. If, if I somehow get into that, that frame of mind, maybe I would think about that. But the ultimate reality of where I am today is that I don't care. 
I'd rather be alone. I, every little thing that has happened with any chick that I have been with since I've been single has been an immediate dismissal. Immediate. I'm like, not going to deal with it. Goodbye. Going away. I, I, I can't anymore. It's, I love the freedom more than I love what they offer. They don't offer enough to give up the freedom. Well, what, what would you want them to offer that would make it worth it? Not being, a, not, there is being, anything. not being a pain in the ass. <laughs> I don't know that there is anything, to be honest. To be honest, freedom, and I know I'm different than a lot of people on this, but the freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want, is is a very, very strong aphrodisiac, for lack of a better word. You know, it... it I don't live a normal life and somebody to fit into my world is going to be, is going to have a real hard time because I don't do eight to five and then come home and six to 10 is time with her. I don't work like that. I work 18 hours a day. And sometimes those days start at two in the morning. And sometimes those days start at noon. And sometimes those days start on Monday and end on Wednesday afternoon. You know, I mean, I live a, I live a hard life to where it would be very hard for somebody to be down with it all the time. And I'm smart enough to know that if I was to get into a relationship, the chick would eventually start bitching about it. She would bitch about the way I work, the way I handle myself, the way I spend money, you know, because I, I like to throw money around. You know, just, and I'm certainly not rich, contrary to what the chat room says. I'm certainly not rich, but I personally like to just take $300 or $400 and buy everybody in the room around or buy, buy dinner for everybody or whatever, you know, and you're with a chick. You're not doing that. You're in a serious relationship. She's going to be like, you got to save that money because we're going to Cancun or something or, you know. So, you know, there, there's always a, there's always an ulterior motive that involves them where me, I, I don't want you know to, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you something. You know what? I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but I honestly think that what you're saying is more a reflection of maybe the type of woman that's out there today than, than the type of person you are. Cause I think there's a lot of women out there that as long as you're honest with them and you're faithful, they will put up with a lot of shit. <laughs> and that's true. Look, look, I'm saying all this, you know. I've been kicking it with this girl, Kelly, for five years, five, six years. Yeah, five, five, five and a half years. And we have, like, the best relationship, but it's not really a relationship. We never, never, and Neely, you saw this firsthand, we never claim dating. We're not dating. You know, we, we, we get together, we have fun. Whatever that means, yeah. whether that's drinking or that's about, partying or smoking yeah, pot no, or whatever the fuck it it's is. Voluntary. You're avoiding yeah. the expectations because once you put expectations on a relationship, it just, it's anything you do feels contrived, right? Right. And, and, but we also have made a hard and fast rule about not falling into the pitfalls that get confused as a relationship. You know, the main one being neither one of us ever stays over at the other person's house, ever. I've never stayed, I've stayed over there once. She's never stayed over here. That's in right, this sounds five, like five, six years. Though, man. You know how that works out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know how it works, man. It's like the minute you start staying over, that's when it's that's when it gets comfortable on a different level. That's when it's okay so, to say, 
hey, aren't you going to take a shower? Or aren't you going to do this? Right. Or aren't you going to do that? Stay for breakfast. I get that. But yeah. let me ask you this, Chris. I mean, all right, your name is Kelly, right? What if uh, one of these nights when you figured, like, typically, I don't know, you hang out with Kelly every Friday, every Tuesday, whatever. What about sometime you give her a call and say, hey, let's, uh, let's hang out tonight. And then she says something to you like, uh, sorry, I got a date. Or I got a different guy over. How would well, that make that's you feel? Call. That's, that's her deal. You know, she can do that. If she wants to do that, that's cool with me. And if I do that, that's cool with that's cool with her, too. You know, I mean, not a secret that so, I... Me so and, me and cool her, you. You her, her... Hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll answer. I'll, right. I'll, let you, I'll let you have your point. But All right. what, what was it, two years ago, Neely, when Amy came into the picture? Yeah. And, and I started seeing that girl, Amy. Kelly knew. And it didn't end up in a, in a, you know, a fuck you, no fuck you thing. It just was like, we're not dating. Yeah. So when I started messing around with Amy for a little bit, you know, Kelly understood. And when that ended, you know, I talked to Kelly and we were still good and we're still good. Yeah. The same thing happened to me about 10 years ago. I was hanging out with some chick and one Sunday she says, well, my friend so-and-so, he's got a motorcycle, and I'm going out riding with him. And I go, okay, be safe, wear a helmet. Well, that's not a problem? Well, why would it be a problem? You're a grown person. Why? why is that a problem for you? Oh, well, I thought that, uh, you know, might be a problem. I said, yeah, have fun. Wear a helmet. Yeah. I don't know. Look, look, guys, if that's really, I mean, I get it. I'm not against that sort of relationship at all. I just think that there's very few women that are out there that are capable of it. And <laughs> also, I'd say from my perspective, like, if you're, I don't know, I think if, I, I look at jealousy as weakness, okay? Anytime I, I've ever felt I agree with that. I completely I agree. Think, right. That being said, Look, when I think about, like, my most deepest loves in my life, whatever, I don't want to get all fucking soapy here, but <laughs> if I, when I think about that and I think about them with somebody else, I get jealous, which tells me that, like, there's something instinctual there. They're like, yeah, if you really, really care about this person and the idea of them being with somebody else, you won't accept it. So, I don't know. I got some other things I wanted to mention with you guys so we can get off this love drama bullshit if it's okay. All right. Hey, you started it. Hey, uh... Yeah, you're right. I did. I did. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Neely started it. I just wanted to chime in on it, but it's all good. Hey, um, Chris, I, I bought your book on Kindle, Call Me Chris, and I, I started reading it. I just got to say, I've listened to you guys for several years. I really, I mean, I've heard you guys reference your injury before, but I had no idea the extent of it until I read your book, and I just, I'm sorry, dude. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't mean to be flattering you, but I got massive respect for what you went through and what you've been able to accomplish since then. And that's it, man. Kudos. That's yeah, mad props, Chris. Mad props. Thanks. Mad Thanks. props. Mad props. So, so good. another question that I guess is, and this is just something I'm curious from like a medical perspective, is there, like when you suffer burn injuries like that, is there lingering pain that continues in the nerves, or are you good? I'm pretty much good. You know, I, I mean, I don't have like, I, I for a while, for probably 10 years, I had like shooting pains in certain spots, you know, certain graphs and whatever I had, I had shooting pains. I don't have that anymore. You know, now it's just now, now it's like the lingering stuff that I have is like, in, you know, 
I'll, I'll share it with the show. And now I'll, now you guys all feel bad for me when I'm coughing on the show, but my lungs are, my lungs got damaged pretty good from what's called chemosis, which is when you inhale super hot, it, it burns and fucks up your lungs and the tops of my lungs got burned up. So, um, I get, I get pneumonia a lot. I get, I've had pneumonia seven times in 25 years just because I, I get it all the time from, yeah, you're you more know, susceptible from the weather. It. Yeah. But, um, you know, I get coughs all the time because my lungs don't expand like yours do. So, you know, it's one of the reasons I'm a fat tub of shit. Not that it's an excuse, but it's, you know, I can't go and I can't go and, um, work out for an hour at a time. I'm, you know, for several reasons. One, my lungs don't expand like that. And two, grafts, skin grafts don't have pores. So, you know, oh. if I go and I get all sweated up, it builds up underneath the skin graft. And if it gets infected, then they got to cut it off and put a new graft on. So, you know, I have to be kind of, I got to be kind of cautious of that kind of shit. So there's lingering shit. But as far as walking around in pain all the time, nah, nothing like that. And plus, I drink a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that numbs everything, right? <laughs> exactly. Hey, well, I'm hey, I'm glad you mentioned. I, I mean, I just learned somebody to know that about the skin grafts and the and not having pores and the sweating and shit. But and you got, you know, you were talking about junk food. And I love eating junk food more than anybody else. But I was just gonna say, like you were talking about, like oh fuck it, I like eating it, so I'm gonna keep eating it. The one thing I would say, maybe like in defense of that, is like. Sometimes I go, I get a fucking Happy Meal or a fucking valued meal from McDonald's, and I eat it, and then I feel like shit, right? Whereas oh, if yeah. I like, if I didn't eat as much, right, or if I ate better foods, I have more energy, and I'm like, I'm in a better mood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something to be said for that, but I don't know. There, there uh, could be. Hey, there I, could I, be. I, I know right now, you know. Not, not that I've been real public about it, but I am, I'm trying to eat a lot healthier and I'm working out every day, doing some, doing my yoga again and doing some, some weightlifting and stuff every single day. And I definitely feel better. I don't know if it's uh it's more of a mental thing than anything else, but you know, certainly eating, eating better food is, is a big improvement over eating shit food. That said, I just love it. I love like pizza, you know, pizza is my weakness and. That's good stuff there. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Hey, um, anyways, listen, I'm, I hope you live to be a 150 years old, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. <laughs> All right, now you guys mentioned Elizabeth Warren, okay? Now, two things come to mind. Number one, I looked this up after you mentioned it. She actually acknowledged a nine-year-old transgender, transgender kid, right, and having input on her selection of what ministers or deputies, whatever education. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say this and you know what? I, I welcome all the haters. Anybody that would acknowledge a nine year old human being as transgender, that's child abuse in and of itself. How can you acknowledge and welcome and, and praise a nine year old that comes out and says, I'm gender conflicted. I feel like I'm a female. Look, you know, there's a reason why in this country we don't have the death penalty for children, for adolescents, because their brain is not fully developed, right? But yet the American Medical Association and all these fucking psychiatrists are 
pushing forth, yeah, let's give them hormones, or let's give them puberty inhibitors, and let's let them have fucking surgery and cut off their genitals when their brain isn't fully developed. How is that not absolute medical malpractice? I don't get it. Am I wrong? Nope, you're not wrong, so vote the correct way. Get these fucking people out of office. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm like Richard Pryor in that movie, uh, I don't know, Brewster's Millions, none of the above. Yeah. I don't think anyone really represents me. But the other thing I'll say about Elizabeth Warren is this, okay? Student loans, being responsible, paying back with you, I get that. It's respectable. But the one thing you're ignoring when you say that like that is that um, at least my generation, I think the generation before, maybe a couple generations after, we've all been encouraged just to go to college, get a degree. doesn't matter what it is. got to get that college degree, right? You get some loans, it's okay, because you're going to be promised, you're going to be assured of a successful job and a career and a retirement path, so don't worry about the short term of the student loans. So, I mean, I get it. I, I know exactly where you guys are coming from, but at the same time, I do think that the public has been kind of misled and deceived into, into getting all those student loans. And on top of that, our government, right, we make money. The U.S. government actually makes money from student loans. While other countries in the world, they, like, invest, right, in their population's education and give them, like, incentives and motivations to go to school and to better themselves, especially, like, in fields that, that we need, which is something we're not doing. That's why all of our engineers are from fucking India, right? We don't. We say, yeah, yeah, go get that liberal arts degree. Go get that Ph.D. in fucking painting or, or historic or history of arts, whatever. And then you're going to pay, you're going to work at fucking 7-Eleven or you're going to be waiting tables. Goddamn right, you are going to fucking pay back every penny of that student loan because we're making money off it. So, one thing I would say when it comes to Warren or anybody else, if they say, "Look, student loans, it was a, it was a trap," I have no problem giving that back to people. But that's just me. I'm, you know, you guys can disagree all you want. I, I, I get it. It's all good. All right, all right. Well, you got a lot of thoughts, dude. Uh, so, who are you, and where are you from? All right, before I leave, I got one more thing, and this is specifically for Chris. Yeah, I wanted to ask you for a long time, dude. Can I can I ask? Or do you guys got to go to commercial? Oh, no, yeah, go ahead. Breaks. No, we're, we're not, right, we're look, not commercially the, hold on, sponsored. Hold on, let me check. hold on, let me check with the program director. Okay, we can take one yeah, more question. Yeah, we're not commercially sponsored, so we're not uh, beholden oh. to anyone. What do you mean, dude? So this is something that I've asked a few people about, but I've never gotten a good answer from. And if this if this question to you is is too elementary, you know, feel feel free to ridicule me and call me a dumbass. All right, but here's the thing: music, the music industry, the record companies, obviously, were transformed and took a major hit, right, because of digitalization, right? Okay. And I understand why that is. Music is cheap today, whether it be on Spotify or, or Apple iTunes or what have you. Okay. What I, what I don't understand is, okay, so we also have things like audiobooks, right, and Kindle, right? A lot of different uh, mediums have been digitalized, you know, books, etc. Why is it that they have been somehow able to maintain those professions or skills as profitable right like i can't just you know i can't download like i have a subscription to auto audible.com and i i have to pay you know it's not as much as, as the printed material but i got to pay a certain amount of money to listen to an audiobook or to read a book on kindle 
like I that's how I bought Chris's book, right? Mm-hmm. What's the what's what's the technological difference there, right? Why is music so cheap? But like I can't get like all the chapters from a certain audio book or all the the printed material and PDF format of of Chris's book, you know, like for pennies on the dollar. What's the difference well, in the technology there? Well, the difference with the technology is that um, they purposely, when when music was was digitized, it was digitized into they they built the devices, whether it was an MP3 player or, you know, even a, even an MP3, like a CD player that played MP3s, whatnot, they, they built mass, mass format that fit for that. MP3 became a universal format that anybody could use with the digital, at least with the books, you know, and, and I would imagine it's the same with Audible as well. I have a couple of Audible books as well. They come in a format that's not universal. That's usually usually proprietary to the to the app or to the to the website that you go on, and um, you know it, a lot of it is is it's much easier to watermark. You know, it's much easier to find the the theft in it. You know, MP3s anybody can make an MP3 of any of any CD. But it's not as easy to make an EPUB for a book or a um, I forget what the format is for a for an audio book. But it's not MP3 or Wave. It's usually some some like .auf or something. I think that's what it is. AUF I think is the file, and it's not it's it's not something that you could just open in in WaveLab or something and and steal the audio from. It's a it's a proprietary format that that the book people have used up until now um that being said you can i mean you you know it's just harder to do and it, and it has a lot to do with demand people don't read books as much as they do listen to music so you know they oh. found ways around it with every with every change they tried to do from napster on up as soon as they made a change somebody else figured out a way to do it figured out a way to download CDs that were remember when they had the the um, the the special software on the CDs that it wouldn't let you wouldn't let your your player read it to burn it and, right. and all those kind of things. Yep. You yep. know they 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 tried that and as soon as they tried that then you know quickly somebody adapted it somebody found a found a crack to it or whatnot because there's not as many people you know, looking to read books, there's no reason to do that. People just, it's easier to spend $8 or $12 to buy a book than it is to go and find some software and crack your, crack your audible, you know, app on your phone. And, and you know, just so that you can steal Nikki Six's book or whatever. It's, you know, it's, it's not worth the effort. So it's the demand that music was maybe its downfall. Is that it? The demand, for, so. which made it so popular in the first place, is what which led to its downfall because there would be such a high demand for breaking it. Because my next question was going to be, why can't the record labels? And I look, I got no love or sympathy for the record labels, but I hate the I hate what it's done to the to the musicians that are out there wanting to make it right. That mm-hmm. invest the time and effort into producing and writing good music so that they eventually could have a financial reward. I was thinking, why can't the record labels come together? And like, all right, we're going to do the same thing Audible does. And we're only going to, you know, sign 
artists and produce records using software similar to Audible. But what, if I understand you right, what you're saying is that, well, the demand for it would be so high they would find a cheaper way to do it. They would, but, you know, I mean, there, there's, the industry, the, the music industry is kind of given up as far as I, the way I see it. I mean, the fact that an album can be released Friday and it's free on YouTube and Spotify is ridiculous, you know, and, and, yeah. and it's, it's a weird combination of things. I forget who I interviewed. I interviewed somebody last week and I asked them about, well, why don't you just put out four songs, you know, and, and make people buy the rest. And he was like, oh, I don't know why. And I said, well, do you have that decision in your record contract? And he's like, I don't know. So, you know, the artists aren't doing their diligence to research the problem. They don't seem to care, you know, and if they don't care and the labels are still finding a way to make money, you know, then then why why is the label not why is the label going to worry about it? If they don't have to pay their artists and artists give them music and they put it out there for free and they collect all the money, why would they stop that? I don't know. Listen, guys, thanks for listening to me and putting out with me for the last half an hour or so. Okay? Love you guys. Right. Hail and kill. Hand job and fuck you, pal. <laughs> yeah. Look at us educating the masses. It's so serious. Yeah. My goodness. This guy listens intently. I guess. Listen to every point we made tonight. And have a little conversation. Yeah. You guys. Talk, you guys talk, talk about. Talk about uh, health habits and food and politics and music yeah. and got a, got a lot going on in that head. Yeah, we're going to get serious about this shit. For very, a very provocative, very provocative discussions. Yeah, let's start with the seriousness of your health problems. Yeah, I, had to, I had to pull my car over because this this was just loading up my head with thoughts. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't pay attention to the drive and listen to you guys at the same time. So I'm actually in the uh, rest area along I-71. That's right. <laughs> Too funny. Now my head is racing. Mm-hmm. Got a, a lot, lot of, of serious stuff there. Got a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, well we answered them. Yeah. See that you answered a question this week about uh, jump starting your car. I did. <laughs> How about that? That was the oddest thing is we got that message in the CMS thing about you talked about jumping your car. What did you use? Yeah, what did you I, need, I need one of those. Where do I get yeah. that? And what is it called? How do I get that? And I told him it was the I had to look it up myself because I didn't even know what it was called. But it was the um, the Gulu 800A series car starter. Yeah. Well, would you uh, would you now be considered a, uh, you know, a um, social media influencer now? I guess I am. You're you're causing people to uh, buy products that you recommend. Yeah, Amazon should pay me a stipend for selling one copy of that thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very influential. Yeah, very much so. Hail and kill caller, you're on the air. Hail and kill boys, how you doing? We're doing. Wheeling, good to hear. Nendo Wheelie in the chat room, how you doing? We're we're doing. Are you a first time caller? No, I've been, I've called before under another name, but <laughs> under um, another name, are, are yeah, you are I, you I in, are you up. incognito? 
Chris, we got a secret caller. Yeah, I called up years ago about the 80s music con thing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm about to fall asleep, but right. um, get a question for Neely. Okay. If you can help me. Okay, I'll see if I can help. Chris has been helping tonight. See if I can match his skill in helping people. Sure, turn. I'm, I'm counting on you, Neely. All right, here's the deal. Um, I'm doing this thing where I'm going to every major league park. And in late April, like the 25th, 26th, that weekend, I'm going to Pittsburgh. Okay. PNC. Um, I'm going to spend the weekend there. Um, tell me what I should do in Pittsburgh. I've never been there. Going there by myself. What do I do? Well, do uh, obviously, you're going to go to PNC Park, which is a beautiful ballpark. Yeah, I'm going to see the Dodgers play that oh, day. All right. I've been to all the ballparks in the East Coast and the West Coast, but not any of them in the middle of the country. Okay. Now, uh, where are you staying? Do you, or do you know where you're staying? You tell me. Well, I would stay at the Wyndham on the Point. Okay. That is sort of a central place. It's right on Point Park. You can walk to the par PNC Park to the North Shore, or you can go to the South Shore, which uh, there's a lot of uh, entertainment stuff over there. There's uh, Station Square over there. Or okay. or you could walk right, right to the uh, south of your hotel there and go to uh, Market Square, which there's, you know, a lot of restaurants, all kinds of, you know, just kind of scenery there. You can hang out. But then I would go to the South Shore, and if you want a good, if you want a good view of Pittsburgh, I would certainly go up on the Monongahela uh, inclines or the Duke Cane inclines, which will take you up the Mount Washington, the the hill on Mount Washington, which overlooks Pittsburgh. I would okay. take I would take that. I would also take the Duck Tour, which you could catch the Duck Tour over on the South Shore, over by Station Square. And that'll take you all through the city, and it'll take you past uh, PNC Park. It'll take you past Heinz Field. It'll give you a full view of the city. It'll take you past the um, uh, the museums and all kinds of things like that. The Andy Warhol Museum. Take you through the streets of Pittsburgh. So try the duck tours. Okay. Um. If you're interested in animals at all, they got the Pittsburgh Zoo is over there. It's a very good zoo. Nice. Uh, you can take the the um, you can take the uh, the Clipper Fleet, which will take you on a boat tour around the Three Rivers, and you can catch that on the South Shore as well, over by the Duck Tours. Okay. I would do that. You can drive 15, 20 minutes and go to Pinball PA. That is correct. You can go to I will do Pinball PA. Yeah, you could go you can kind of go to the northwest and go to Pinball PA over in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, which is right along uh 376, which is That's the, a definite. I will be which doing is, that. Which is the main drag out of Pittsburgh going west. You can do that. So that should fill up a uh, two couple of days. All right. Sounds like a plan. I will do that. I will be there the last weekend in April, which is like I think the 25th, 26th. Dodgers are playing, and 
Looking forward to it. Well, I'd book yourself a, a room at the Wyndham on the Point. That's a beautiful hotel. It's right on the Point to Pittsburgh. You can overlook the three rivers, see the city, and it's centralized, and you can pretty much walk anywhere from there. I will mention your name. They'll give me a good rate. <laughs> Helen Kale. <laughs> fuck you, pal. Hand job and fuck Jackal. <laughs> well, how about that? And a fuck jackal to go with. Yeah, look at wow. me, Mr. The Tour Guide. Yeah, no kidding. We're just answering questions all night tonight. Well, look, look, at at, look at we're influencers. We're internet influencers. That's right. We should be making big money and we should have rich women soliciting us for sex. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, I gotta I just gotta have some of that cock. You guys are just outrageous. <laughs> I'm willing to pay you thousands of dollars just to, uh, you know, dance naked for me. Yeah. I'm willing to accept. Unfortunately, women typically don't have money. That's right. Typically. Right. Have you ever known any women have money? No, not really. I never have either. I've never met a woman that has money. They never have money. No, not usually. Not a, I'm not saying none have it, but the ones that I've ever met, my my uh, limited experience in the dating world, they never have money. No, because we date beneath us, so we feel good. <laughs> I think that's what the deal is. <laughs> Hail and kill, caller, you're on the air. What's up, fuckies? It's John. How's it, how's it going, Neely? <laughs> hey, what's going on, John? Well, I'm currently walking through a, a neighborhood that looks like fucking East Cleveland in Battle Creek, Michigan. <laughs> what are you doing in Battle Creek, Michigan? I went to see Sons of Apollo tonight. Tony McAlpine was opening. The show itself was absolutely fucking incredible. Did you drive all the way over there just to see Sons of Apollo? Hell yeah, I did. Three hours and 40 minutes, man. Holy shit. Dude, the, tic the ticket was $25. Well, and the fees for the ticket... Was two dollars and fifty cents. Well, so for two dollars and like twenty seven fifty, I got to see Tony McAlpine, Achilles Priester, and all the guys in Sons of Apollo. I mean, it was unbelievable. And a hotel room and gas and uh, wear and tear on your car. Well, the hotel room, the hotel room was one hundred and ninety dollars for two nights, so that was pretty affordable. And it was literally less than one tank of gas uh, from Cleveland to uh, Battle Creek. And but still, problem still, now, cheaper than, still cheaper than Sammy Hagar in your backyard. <laughs> Who cares, man? Like you get, you get to see musicians like. That. Plus, I met Achilles Priester. Like I met the opening band, who were fucking fantastic. Like it was just a cool musical experience. But now we can't get a fucking ride back to the hotel, so we're walking on a street with no sidewalk. Like, back to the hotel, like, trying to find anybody. Uber and Lyft, there's no cars available. No cars available. There's nothing happening in this fucking town. Yeah, it's it's depressed uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. What do you want? <laughs> well, that's why it's surprising that there are no cars available. Like, what else are you fucking doing? <laughs> like, I mean, Jesus Christ. It's only, like, I think it's, like, two a two-mile walk or something like that. Only so, a two-mile walk. Yeah. Oh. That's like the, that's like the same that, walk that you'll have from from the parking lot at Blossom. Yeah, at one at no, one, no, one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no, remember, I, Aiken, I, I bought the VIP parking. Remember, so 
my walk will be about, I don't know, a couple hundred yards, and then it's just waiting to get the hell out of there. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, Such- I'm, I'm really afraid of getting knifed or, you know, mugged or, you know, something. Well, you should be afraid of it. You should be. You're in fucking Battle Creek, two white guys walking on the street by yourself. You ought to call the police <laughs> and tell somebody's trying to fuck with you and see if they'll give you a ride back. <laughs> That's actually a great idea. Why? Why are you stopping? Just walk. <laughs> That's actually a great idea. All the police tell me there's homeless guys chasing you. They'll come out. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to call the police. I had a few Jaegers tonight, so you know. So I don't want. I don't, don't want to pub. <laughs> yeah, but public intox, man. Well, maybe maybe if you stop by the Kellogg's factory, you can pick up a box of cereal for something to eat on the way home. <laughs> Save off the inevitable hangover from tomorrow. <laughs> Dude, this is really creepy. Like, now we're in a weird neighborhood. Like, oh this is... God, God damn it. Fucking hell. Can, Man. Can, can, can I fuck Stephanie after the funeral? <laughs> you can fuck Stephanie now. You, you know I wouldn't be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at that. Does that go for me too, John? Uh, no. No, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> you, Chris, okay for you, not for me. Yeah, yes. We have a yes. special friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Neely, you and I, you and I will just get on the phone a few times, like for a few hours, and then, and then it'll probably be cool, you know. Oh, okay. So, you know, you have to earn your way into my wife's pussy, Neely. Uh, all right, <laughs> Aiken's already done it. <laughs> I, I gotcha. So, so who are, who who did you go to the show with? Uh, my my friend Brian Henderson. He's a he's an incredible keyboard player. I've been friends with him for God, fifteen twenty years or something like that. I worked with him at CVS when I was back there, and uh, it was cool. Like like Tony, like I said, Tony McAlpine was the was the uh, main main support, and he's been a fan of his since like eighty six or something like that. And uh, he, he's about your age, nearly. So, um, and he's just a music nerd like me, and we fucking headed out. Do you secretly call in Derek Sherinian? <laughs> no, I don't. But he 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 actually he he thinks Tony McAlpine is a better keyboard player than Derek Sherinian. So, you know, yeah, McAlpine McAlpine's one of them weirdos that he's an incredible keyboard player, and before that, he was an incredible guitar player. Yeah. I mean, he was doing it at the same time tonight. Like he was literally like, like doing this crazy solo with one hand on the guitar and then reaching back on the keys and like doubling himself on the keys. I mean, I mean, seriously, the musicianship, the musicianship that we saw for $25 tonight is absolutely fucking criminal. Well, it's, it's, it's like, great I, I don't know how you guys are making money. Yeah. Well, it's great that you're supporting black history month, seeing Tony McAlpine and singing <laughs> his uh, praises. And sons of <laughs> yeah. Look at you, Neely. It's only February 1st, and you already know that it's Black History Month. Well, we have to celebrate because diversity <laughs> is our strength. That's right. <laughs> and I know I know you support diversity, Neely. Of so, course. You I'm know. a very diverse guy. I got, I, got you, I, I got you on the show, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, Dude. John. All right, so I'll let you guys. Okay. John, hold, hold on what, a minute. What? Because, yeah. Neely, 
John was sending me these pictures of the place that Sons of Apollo played. John, tell Neely about this club. All right, so we all right, we, we drove in last night and we went to eat and then we're like, let's go let's go check out the club, see what kind of the, you know, the size of it and stuff. And I had sent I had sent Aiken pictures of it before we even got here, like like during the week, I think, right, Chris? And yeah, I mean, it, it, it looks like, I mean, Neely, do you remember the flying machine I do. out in the rain, the club? That, I do. Okay. It's, it literally from the outside looked exactly like that. So we get in there last night and there's like, <laughs> there, there's literally eight people last night. Tonight we get in there and it, I mean, assholes to elbows. So last night when we were in there, I asked the door guy, I said, how many tickets have you sold? for Sons of Apollo tomorrow, because we're in front of town. He goes, 327. I was like, all right, cool. What's the capacity? He points to the top of the door. It says capacity, 335. And I'm like, oh, fuck my life. So it, it literally, it, it, it only held, you know, close to 340 people. I mean, dude, getting in and out of that place was unbelievable. So, I mean, it, 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 it was kind of, it, it was awesome. It was about the size of Billy's old club, right? Yeah, it was. It was a little. It was a little bit bigger. It was a little bit bigger. But when you, I mean, when you have like three hundred and forty people, I mean, jammed into this place, it was fucking ridiculous. And of course, you, of course, you had the dickheads that are like, "Well, I'm going to force my way up front," like fucking asshole, like you know, chubby, fat, like you know, sixty year old dude, like that has no etiquette, like fucking dickhead. So you got guys <laughs> like that, but. <laughs> Like I ca I camped out next to the light board, and I just sat there. And there was this guy and his wife behind me, and we were bullshitting music, you know, to, before uh, Sons of Apollo came on. So I was like, "All right, like I need a drink. You guys like hold my spot." I'm like, "Cool." I was like, right, I'll, buy, "I'll buy you a round. What do you want?" So I bought them a round, and then I come back, and then later the guy brings me around. So it's like we're protecting each other. It's like small club etiquette. But there were so many people just being fucking dicks. I'm like, dude, like, well, did, did he offer to, to allow you to bang his wife? <laughs> no, that actually did not happen. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it was close and the wife was pretty cute. I mean, you know, she had nice perfume. That was cool. But you know, I'm a happily married man. So uh -huh. even if he had offered, I'd be like, I'd be like, no offense, bro, but you know, <laughs> I'm not going to have a hamburger here in Battle Creek when I got filet mignon at home. So, you know, so that I, was. I heard the hamburger in Battle Creek is pretty tasty. Um, there was like two. <laughs> I mean, if, if there, if there were 335 tickets sold, it was, it was probably about 327 dudes and like eight chicks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> getting into the pisser was an absolute bitch. I was like, you know what? Like, I think I'm just going to tell people I identify as a female so I can just get into the bathroom quicker to take a whiz, man. <laughs> it was you. terrible. Well, okay, it, wouldn't so been, it, it, it wouldn't have been out of, out of, uh, you know, you know, out of the question to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. I'd it is 2020. I believe you. You look the part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too fat to look the part of a chick. <laughs> I'd be an ugly chick. <laughs> well, I, I thought all that. I thought all that dieting. You were going to be as slim as a rail by now. 
Jesus. Look at you, you loudmouth. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm down three pounds say. since January 1st. I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah, three pounds. Yeah, dude. Look, if I keep doing this, if I keep doing this by about October, I'll probably be about I don't know, two hundred fifteen pounds. I'll be down about seven or eight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, John, I'm going to tell you to leave, but keep your hand on the button to call us back in case you get jumped. We'd like to hear you murdered. <laughs> I'll do it, man. All right. Well, you know what? I have one thing to say to you, motherfucker. Fuck you, pal. Hand job. Hand job. <laughs> there goes your buddy John. He sounds a little hammered. Yeah. Walking at one o'clock in the morning in Battle Creek. Oh my God. That's his, that's, that's Mark and John esque. <laughs> well, he just got to go to sleep in the media and he'll be fine. Uh, the way he sounds, he might. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's only like two miles to the hotel only two miles. yeah at one you know they're on eastern time so it's like quarter after one yeah in the ghetto yeah i would if i was him i really would call the police i would just call the police and say yeah there's homeless guys following us yeah no it'd be like flint michigan remember remember that uh documentary on flint when they had like two two police cars for the whole force right <laughs> Cru- cruising the streets of flint right <laughs> oh my goodness yeah well i hope he makes it well that's interesting that he traveled that far to go see a show just because he went and saw sons of apollo last time and they were amazing from what he says okay and they're not coming here and soto told me they're not gonna come here so he went to see it because he's a fan yeah because he said jeff scott soto said fuck you guys well, well he said fuck cleveland yeah. not coming now well, they're coming here to St. Charles. You should go. It's a lot of talent. I, I, as much as I would love to just bust John's balls because, well, it's John, you know, um, there's a lot of talent on that stage, man, between BF and, um, <laughs> yeah. Inn and, and, um, Portnoy and Soto. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of talent on sure that there stage, is. you know? That, that that's what amazes me is that they're playing some shithole in battle Creek. i know you know there's really nothing close to battle creek the closest thing is kalamazoo and that place is a shithole as well I, I'll, I'll have to send you the photos of this place what a dump yeah i believe it looks like it came right out of lima because <laughs> we know lima is a dump too exactly i'm telling you he sent me the pictures i thought it was just the back of a of a building or yeah. something like what the fuck are you going into but you know i was gonna i was gonna go with them but because i'm not gonna do next week i I didn't feel like taking two weeks off because i wanted to go i wanted to see sons of apollo i love the new record Mm -hmm. so i i wanted to go but i i was i was responsible to the show i was like well if i miss the first and the eighth that kind of sucks especially with where you missed you know you missed a week just a week ago yeah and now miss another week in a month i was like god damn we're, we're starting to turn into every other podcast yeah, we're, we're, we're turning into howard stern yeah where we're not doing shows like we're supposed to yeah so you know <laughs> crazy i hear you well since we're talking about sons of apollo what do you say we play some all right sounds good to me you got a uh, favorite tune off this new disc um, what's the one Af- what's it called? Aphrodisiac or something. It's track three. Uh, yes, uh, it's asphyxiation. 
Asphyxiation. That's my jam. <laughs> okay. I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad you remembered the name, though. Dude, I never know. I did Toomey's podcast this week, and he was like, yeah, pick a song. And I'm like, uh, you yeah. know, he's like, name name a song from the new record. That you want. I'm like, dude, I don't know. Yeah, it's I aphrodisiac, like- asphyxiation. It's, it's you, you know. know. Whatever. I know the track number. I, I was I was right on that, right? It's track you were. Three. It's track three. Yeah, I know that part. I know which songs I like. It's, you know, but I don't ever know the names of the songs. I so. hear you. Yeah, huh. this is the jam. All right. All right, John, don't get murdered out in the streets of Battle Creek at uh, one fifteen in the morning. So here it is. It's the Sons of Apollo featuring Jeff Scott Soto on lead vocal exclusively here on your classic metal show. This is Jeff Scott Soto, and you are listening to the Classic Metal Show. Turn it up. <laughs> 